Hello. Hello and welcome back to the Great Canadian Hockey Podcast. On behalf of myself and my co-host Aiden Sarah, uh, we are back after a somewhat brief hiatus. I just took a look right before I hit record and it's been almost three weeks since the last epi and, uh, you know, a, a good portion of that's on me. But, you know, that's just the way she goes. We're back. We're back in action and we're stoked to be here. How you feeling, man? Don't take all the blame. I did post that update from Banff from the top of the mountain wearing my new Islanders jersey saying the podcast was postponed that one week. That was on me. I wasn't doing it in Banff. I was enjoying my vacation. But yeah, the rest of it, I guess, is on you. But yeah, we're I mean, here do now. you like how I saw you post that? And then I was like, ah, kick my feet up. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even talk to you about it. I was just like, ah, all right. Another day off work. <laughs> Here we are. So it's been, yeah, we were talking about this off air. The regular season wasn't over the last time we recorded. We are now halfway through the first round. So we'll do a quick little, at the very least, like player recognition of the regular season, because there's no point in going through the standings right now. Um, But again, and and this is one of those things that we definitely should have written down. But I am curious, because about halfway through the year, we like talked about how many 100 point and 50 goal scores there were going to be. There were a lot of guys on pace for it. James, without looking, and you might have already looked, how many 100-point players do you think there were in the regular season this year? Unless you know. You know. Well, I just looked and I know. Oh, yeah. You it's guess. 11, dude. It's 11. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Absolutely nuts. Just well, and, and the whole it, last week or so of this regular season was just like, oh, there's another one. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here's another one. Well, and and it's it's also the fact that we have a 100-point defenseman and it's 32-year-old Eric Carlson. By the way, I finished second in my hockey pool this year. Won myself a nice little chunk of change. My buddy Jack won it. Two picks won it for him. He got first overall, so he got that McDavid money, 153 points. But with his last pick of the draft, he scooped up Eric Carlson. Oh. 101-point Eric Carlson, which really, it was it was the defense, because I think I had a better forward core than him overall. But it was his defense that was that uh, that carried him over me, and he ended up winning by a decent chunk by the end of it. Eric Carlson was a keeper player on one of the worst teams in our fantasy league. Uh, shout out my buddy Joe. He stays grinding. His name in the league is on the come up because he's eternally on the come up. Uh, and yeah, he kept Eric Carlson, and then he traded him halfway through the season to our buddy Quinton, who lives in the Bay Area, for Jesper Bratt interesting interesting yeah it was a it was a keeper move going forward to get hey, you young. know what i don't even hate that i hate that at all. no me neither and then he traded me jasper bratt for uh mark shifley that was that's interesting yeah it is yeah <laughs> because uh our, our league relies a lot on special teams points and shifley just had a ridiculous amount of even strength goals he never gets in on the power play which is weird because he's he's kind of that perfect bumper player, you know? Oh, yes. When you think about him, like, yeah, right in that middle spot in that umbrella. But yeah, that's uh, it was it was a crazy season. Uh, speaking of fantasy, I ended up coming fourth in my pool. Um, no, I came fifth. Oh, I came James. fifth. And now that's my worst showing ever, which is brutal. But. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was the last like week of the year. I was just trying to fight my way up to fourth so I could beat my friend Caleb. He's never beat me. Even since the league's inception, he's always been behind me. And I thought I was going to live by that forever. And he was never going to beat me. And I took my lickings. I had a lot of injuries all year long. McKinnon and McCarr are my best players. They both missed good chunks of time. And uh, yeah, it was a tough one, man. It was really tough. But yeah, just cl- kind of closing thoughts on the regular season. Some players to really give kudos to. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, first 100-point season. Love to see it. For a guy who was a first overall pick. Nobody ever really thought he lived up to expectations. Here he is. What a showing. What do you have to say about that? I really, really thought, yeah, like like you said, it, it kind of it came out of nowhere a little bit. Um, <laughs> and not like I don't devalue power play points because like, you know, you're scoring, it doesn't matter. But 53 power play points is a huge number. And it's, you know, it's good for him, right? Because he's he's finding a way to produce. But if you're, you know, we're talking fantasy. If you're picking players at the top of your fantasy leagues, Edmonton had a historic power play. Not that they don't have the personnel to do it again. It's more just the uh, the law of percentages. Don't bet on this again from Nugent Hopkins. That being said, Connor McDavid had 71 power play points. He added 75 even strength points for 153. So don't uh, don't you know? Don't quite you know. <laughs> Don't discount the fact that this Oilers team could produce this much again next year, but it's it's for Nugent Hopkins. I think this is a career year, right? I I, I think that should go without saying too that this is going to be the peak of him. But we got to talk about some guys that I don't think this is their peak. First of all, Jason Robertson, forty six goals, one hundred and nine points in eighty two games. I think I think he's I think he can grow from here. I think this guy's a fifty goal scorer. That's what I'm saying. Maybe not one hundred and ten points, but I think he can hit fifty. Um, down the list a little bit, Elias Pettersson. Maybe again, maybe not more than 102 points, but I think this guy's got 40, 45 goals in him. He didn't hit 40 this year, hit 39. So I think this guy has 40 goals in him. And Miko Rantanen, 55 goals, 105 points. I don't know if he's, I I think it's the opposite of the other two. I think Rantanen, he's never going to hit 55 goals again, but if he plays a full season with McKinnon and Landeskog, he could be around that 40 to 50 goal mark and get 60, 70 assists, something like that. Yeah, very true. Uh, the the abs fan in me uh, was about to be like, you shut your mouth. But um, especially because like tonight in Colorado's 3-2 overtime loss, uh, we're coming at you from Monday night. Um, Rantanen was God mode. His two goals were just like, oh, I'll just do it myself. His shot is so slick and so deceptive. So like, I think 50 goals is possibly in the cards for him again. I'm not going to rule it out. I think like he's got like a solid chance of hitting that again, but that is a lot of points, a lot. And uh, the other thing I want to point out, I kind of should have segued to the after Nuge, but uh, in the, I remember in a comment section when Nuge hit a hundred points, uh, one of the comments was Nuge hit a hundred points before McKinnon. He is better than McKinnon. True. <laughs> And I was just like, ah, and then so Nuge finished with 104 McKinnon finished with 111. They had McKinnon had one more game left than Nuge. I think Nuge had like four more games left or five more games left or something like that. And McKinnon had six or five. It was something like, I mean, for McKinnon, it's 111 and 71 games for Nuge and Hopkins. It was 104 and 82. Right. So, yeah. No, James, as much as I'm sure you were shaking with rage reading that comment, nobody actually thinks Nugent Hopkins is a better player. 
<laughs> You're right. I was shaking with rage. Yeah. <laughs> also worth pointing out, uh, Marner and Jack Hughes, both at 99 points, we easily could have had 13 players. And well, H. Thompson cooled off. Like, he well, easily could have been number 14. You go down that list, man, Like you, you and you'll arrive at Brayden Point, who had 95 points. But of those 95 points, 51 were goals, which is insane. Oh, it's we, wild. We had a 60-goal score last year in Matthews. We had two this year, 64 from McDavid, 61 from Pasternak, and then 55 from Ranton and 52 from Dreisaitl and 51 from Point. Tage Thompson probably should have been there. Yeah, you're right. He cooled off 47, 47, 94 by the end of the year for him. But yeah, you know who probably had the quietest season for me? And Austin Matthews? No. Carter Verhage scored 42 goals. Verhage gets 42 tucks, and I didn't even realize it until like the last day of the season. Like I, okay, I had, but he also jumped from like 27 to 40 in the span of like a month. That's what it seemed like. That's kind of what I mean is like, like when did that like I knew Timo Meyer was up near 40 I knew McCann hit 40 right like obviously I was watching Kuzmenko and Pedersen and you know like Adrian Kempe had 41 goals I kind of saw something like that coming a big uh, offensively productive season Shifley 42 it's a good season he's always kind of hovering around those 30s but Verhage was the guy that like came out of nowhere to me like at the end of the year like I know like I didn't check in at all to the fact that he was that close and then at the end of the season, I look and he's got 42 tucks. Like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was absolutely wild. And there were a bunch of guys like that. Like, that was one of the things for Braden Point with me. It was like, oh, all of a sudden he's at 44 and there's a good amount of games left. Yeah. It was just like, oh, okay, I guess this is happening. Uh, okay, before we move on from here, are there any players, I mean, other than I already said Matthews, that you thought were going to have an insane year and you saw these guys putting up numbers and you're shocked that they weren't there? Anything off the top of your head? Honestly, James, and you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I, I we're going to talk about the Leafs later on. Like to me, this is Austin Matthews. I think a solid two-way player that is going to score between 40 and 50, get between 85 and 95 points. Like this is him. I think 60 goals in a hard trophy is going to be the anomaly in his career. I don't see him getting back to 60. You know, like he might win another Hart Trophy because he will play for Toronto. So that will automatically get him uh, times three on whatever votes he would have got if he was playing in a smaller Can you put market. a disclaimer on here that you're a full-time, like you work a full-time job as a Leafs hater though? I don't know, man, because honestly... Like you hate this team with every fiber of your being. You celebrate them losing. Definitely. But I also really, really appreciate how good some of their players are. Like you'll never hear me say a bad thing about Mitch Marner. Right. You're not going to hear me say a bad thing about William Nylander, especially on this episode. Nylander, I thought, was one of their best players this year. Definitely one of their most consistent players. Uh, you're right that I like to see the team fail. But in terms of their guys, like I'm huge on Marner. I'm huge on Tavares, huge on Nylander. Riley always loved Muzzin, right? Like if you go down that list, there's a lot of guys I'm really high on. It's just Matthews really isn't one of them for me. <laughs> um, and partially it is because to me, like that was, you know, 60 goals. That's great. But that hard trophy last year, really, I was like, he was maybe four on my list. Um, Shesterk and Kaprizov, McDavid. I think I had one, two, three in those power rankings. Um, so maybe that's part of it for me is just looking at him like, wow, this that's guy's... a hot take. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, MVP is where would your team be without you? Yeah, I agree. The, yeah. the voting criteria is that the it's the player who is most valuable to their team. 
Yeah, and so to someone me, someone tried telling me that uh, that Dreisaitl should be nominated, and I just thought that he's no. not even the most valuable player on his own team. No, yeah, Dreisaitl. No, <laughs> um, this year I'm for not me, saying he's not a top five player in the world, he's just yeah. not the most valuable player on his team. Yeah, and this year for me, I think that's why. Like to me, David Pasternak is an absolute slam dunk top two for me this year because oh, if you look yeah. at that team: McAvoy, Marshan, and Bergeron all missed pretty significant time. And they were also, all three of them, not as productive as they have been in the past, right? So for me, it's Pasternak that's, that's set that three? bar. Um, it's hard to ignore McDavid's just yeah, complete obviously. domination. I think he's one. Pasternak's my two. And it's hard for me. There's so much of me that wants to say Miko Rantanen at three. If McKinnon had missed like 10 more games... Yeah, I actually have Ranton in a three slam dunk. It's just McKinnon only missed 11 games. McCarr didn't miss that many more, if any more than 11. I'm not actually completely sure. Uh, almost 10 more. Yeah. Um, McCarr missed like that, 20 games. Yeah. So I, and because there was no Landeskog too, I actually think I might have Ranton in a three because Colorado not only gets themselves into a playoff spot, but they end up winning the central. Mm-hmm on the back of like no Landeskog, a big chunk of Makar missing and 11 games of Nathan McKinnon missing. So I actually think McKinnon I have and Nichushkin both missing yeah. a lot of time. Byron mm-hmm. missing a lot of time. Nichushkin who was having an unreal start to the year too. Like it looked like he was going to be a huge contributor. So for me off the top of my head, again, not looking too deep into it. It's McDavid, Pasternak, Rantanen. And there's, it, it hurts me not to say Jason Robertson too, because I, I get, I really think he was instrumental to how good Dallas ended up being. Um, and honestly, uh, Mitch Marner, like Austin Matthews did not have a great year. And Mitch Marner to me carried that offensive load for Toronto when he was just dry as a, you know, like dry as a desert, like he was the guy. So for me, Marner might be in my top five too. I'm showing my, that I can get past my Colorado bias because I have my, I have Rantanen at four, and I have Ilya Sorokin at three. I like that a lot. I do. I'm always a big goalie guy, so I definitely. Yeah, you got to show some goalie yeah. love, especially on a team no, for that sure. like, squeaked into the playoffs, right? Like that's that when their best player is their goalie and they squeaked into the playoffs. I think that's a slam dunk. Yeah. Well, for me, that was why Shesterkin was my one last year because the Rangers kind of got better around that 60 game mark. But for the first two thirds of the regular season last year, like Igor Shesterkin was the reason they were as good as they were. Like that team was not clicking as well as they should have been. And they clicked near the end of the year and they went on a, play, a playoff run for it. So credit to them. But Shesterkin was my one for that reason. And then Kirill Kaprizov, I said it last year, Kaprizov was my two because again, to me, the Minnesota Wild, it's not even just the Minnesota Wild aren't in the playoffs without them. The Minnesota Wild are completely irrelevant without him, right? Like he has not only dragged that team to contention he's dragged that team to relevancy um and i know relevancy isn't really what we're looking for in the heart voting but just to me the impact he had had him you know like again he was ahead of both matthews and mcdavid on my on my ballot last year for sure uh the only reason that i wouldn't have had kaprizov right there last year and uh and i mean he would have been right there but the only reason i wouldn't have had him in my top three last year is uh Kevin Fiala played on their second line and had an insane season. Yeah, he was great. But and and that that's completely valid. The other thing that I look at too is what did they do to the players around them? Right? Like to me, and again, I like Nugent Hopkins a lot, right? I do. Um to me, Nugent Hopkins, like Nugent Hopkins's production 
He should be a 70 point guy. Yeah. Gives McDavid the heart cred, right? (laughs) Like it does. You know what I mean? So, and, and maybe not as much with dry saddle because he's, he's in his own right, a great player and not that Nugent Hopkins isn't, but yeah, you're right. Like McDavid's heart credit is helped by Nugent Hopkins's point production without a doubt to me. Completely agree. Well, should we move on from here? We've, uh, we've doled out a decent amount of time to this one. Yeah. And we're going to, again, right. This is kind of just a teaser for, uh, for what will be an end of season, like awards voting for us and, Again, you've we've I guess we've spoiled my the or at least our, our respective heart ballots. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so just before we get into first round stuff, there's one thing that I really, really want to bring up. I am such a big Devin Levi fan now, and he is my like, if it weren't for Connor Bedard existing, he is my Calder pick next year. If it weren't for Bedard existing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, me and my me and my me and my best friend, we've been tight forever. So we've done this like at least semi-consistently since we've been like 14 years old <laughs> where we'll just make hypothetical like Team Canada's. And while I was uh, away last weekend with my parents, my dad and I made one and I texted him and we all made like a hypothetical Team Canada if there was a World Cup next summer. So 24 World Cup and Levi was my Canada starter. <laughs> Which is a uh, which is uh, who else? Why not? Right? Like this guy looks sick. <laughs> That's a really funny question. Who else? But but before but instead of diving into that, I want to say one of the reasons I love Devin Levi so much. And you know I'm a huge Star Wars guy, right? Yes. How? What's your Star Wars knowledge like? Give it out of ten. Limited, limited. Like it's it's been it's been a while, and it's probably been once per movie. Like you've seen Phantom Menace yes episode again, one with Darth Maul yeah yeah but again like I think genuinely I think it was a weekend where me and a couple buddies ripped through all of them and sounds that like was an the amazing last time. weekend yeah but it was like seven years ago so it's been, <laughs> it's been a while okay so you see the thing where uh Devin Levi like gets down on his knees like pads facing down and he stares at his net with his stick sideways uh before the game I've seen you, that. Yeah, that's a, a Quagon Jin Duel of the Fates shout out. <laughs> he does that because he's a Star Wars nerd. I love that. I yeah, wouldn't have I would have never perfect. picked that out, but I I I that's awesome. <laughs> and it's like that's like it's called Duel of the Fates because it's like they're battling to determine Anakin Skywalker's fate, basically, if he's gonna be on the light side or the dark side. And uh so like he's looking at the net, determining how big of a moment this is going to be every game. And I absolutely love that. The guy is such a gamer. And I love that he rocks number 27. What a goalie number. Hey, I oh, actually did think about that. That is so filthy. Like that is one of the most rock star jersey number choices I've ever seen. Sometimes goalies pick a, like a, a non-goalie number. Like Miko Koskinen being number 19, I never liked that. That always bothered me. Number 19 is supposed to be like a sick forward number. Well, and if Koskinen was like gross, I would dislike it a little bit less, right? Like if he was really good and he was like making that right. zone, but he was always just poo. So I never like, I never really cared for it because not only was this guy wearing a weird number, he was wearing a weird number and he sucked. <laughs> Damn, that's like the, I just thought about it. And that's probably the, the like meanest thing we've ever said on here. We are usually so like even keel. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think that's a diving off point? Do you think we're going to get worse now? Um, I don't know. 
genuinely like it's well you know what the other line of thinking i have is this is episode 20 like if we have repeat audience i don't feel like us calling miko koskin and poo is gonna lose anybody at this point right all right yeah (laughs) fair yeah our like 27 listeners aren't gonna okay they leave us you know what speaking of and i'm gonna do this i meant to do this for this episode but this was a very kind of like hey we just need to do an episode let's do it at 1 30 in the morning today um which is approaching the time currently where i live but i i had multiple variations of this question asked my one buddy asked it in the most direct way possible he wanted a like a segment from us james where we did hockey for dummies because he loves our show but he's not a super super hockey nerd so a lot of the things we say go over his head so what i told him i'd do and i'm going to do this like on the instagram story for sure and we'll i'll open it up like i'll say i'll do it in the comments too of like the 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 episode post on the instagram um we're not going to do hockey for dummies because i wouldn't even know where to start with that i don't know what hockey for dummies is right me neither um but ask us questions i'm gonna put like a q a on the instagram story okay. and i'm gonna put it in like so we're gonna go through next episode and we're going to answer all these questions. So if you're listening to it and you're driving, don't do it while you're driving. Wait till you get home. That's a shout out to my buddy because I know he listens to it on his commute. <laughs> Go home. Uh, it'll be up on the Instagram story. I'll do it like at least every other day where I'll just throw a new one up and we'll save all the questions. And then like at the end of the next episode, we'll run through the questions and we'll like answer them. Does that sound good? Deal. And I also encourage people to send an Instagram voice note if they would like to do that as well. And we'll play the audio as long as you wouldn't ruin my career by doing it yeah valid keep it clean because we have not yet we have not had to yet throw an e-tag on any of these episodes yeah and i'd like to keep it that way i mean for now at least like maybe maybe like 20 years down the road we can we could not be explicit but i mean we could be explicit but uh for now that's that's a no dice yeah i i know it's gonna happen right like i know it's kind of an inevitable thing especially like again i i find myself very often just talking like a hockey player right and that's what comes out when you do that but uh for now we'll keep it clean as long as we can and Aiden, we'd be lying if we uh if we didn't say like uh, we'd be lying if we said we didn't edit edit out some f-bombs like we've done it before i've like let one rip and just gone oh whoops all right let's backpedal here cut that cut that yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so tangent between regular season and playoffs the tangent is uh, go ask us questions for us to answer. They can be personal. If they are too personal, I'm not answering it. <laughs> they can be personal. Um, so let's go into the playoffs, dude. And let's start with tonight. Tonight, of course. So as James said, end of April 24th slash very, very early in the morning of April 25th is when this is being recorded. So we just had a bunch of game fours. Let's start. Why not? Colorado, Seattle. Colorado uh, fights back from two nothing down, but Jordan Eberle scores. Dude, okay. Was it even remotely close to the worst call in the playoffs? No. I didn't love the penalty call on Schwartz in overtime because it did absolutely nothing to hinder his scoring chance. He got the same scoring chance away. He I kind agree. of fell way after the fact. Like, again, I'm a big you call the book period guy, but I sort of think in overtime, maybe you shouldn't, right? Like because even in even in a regular season game, that's borderline not tripping, right? He falls kind of into the goaltender way after the play. You know what I mean? Like tripping for me is you trip a guy to prevent him 
creating something, right? And I didn't see that as what happened. Um, again, not that that is even close to as egregious as penalty calls have been in the playoffs, but it just, I saw it initially. I was like, I, I do not want to lose the game on that call. And then they did. <laughs> okay, a few points for me. Uh, one, Seattle is very good and they have been all year. Uh, in the regular season when Colorado played against Seattle, they got walked. Like they did not play well against Seattle at all. That That is a fact. Seattle just rolls over you every line playing a similar game. And then they just have random Daniel Sprong moments of ridiculousness. <laughs> and it's just like, wait, what do we do? Jeff what, Merrick has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what happens here now? This is, this is almost frightening. It is frightening. Um, point number two, uh, Miko Rantanen, his shot placement on both those goals. Incredible. Just like, uh, here, okay, I'll just do it myself. And it's also worth noting something really interesting. He stays out for the whole power play. The first unit goes off around the halfway point of the power play, and Randonen stays out with the second unit because he doesn't have to move. He just like does random little like small strides and hip movements and then takes a shot. It's I love it. I love watching it. And I think part of the reason they do it is because so so many of Colorado's other top players were out for so much of the year. No, and I've actually been so used to playing with all those guys. I've actually thought from like a coaching standpoint, it would it's valuable to have like you don't need five guys first unit, five guys second unit, right? You could go five guys first unit and then three guys swap out with three on the first unit. You leave like two out. Right. Like, I actually think that's really smart. And if you build your power play kind of around those two guys that you want to play the whole time, that's that, that could be very valuable. Um, I've never I want to make a third point. Go. We glazed. We didn't even glaze over this. We didn't even mention it. I was at game three. Yeah. Right. James dropped thousands of dollars over the weekend to go to Seattle and sit literally behind the Colorado bench. I was directly behind the abs bench in right behind people that I love more than some of my friends. Like I, I am obsessed, like, like to the point of like fanboying. I, uh, it was, it was an incredible experience. Climate pledge arena is amazing. Um, I love going to Canucks games at Rogers, but, uh, Rogers is a one out of 10. If climate pledge is an eight out of 10, it is that, that nice of a rink. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, Rogers arena is getting up there, man. Like it is like the saddle dome is considered this old barn that needs to be replaced. That was built in what? 89 Rogers arena. Like that's a built in 95. That is only six years older than the ring that everybody looks at is this, like you need to rebuild it like one down place. It's, you know, I, I had that thought going to Rogers place in Edmonton this year for the first time. Right. Like that, that was when I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> right? Like, and as, as much as Rogers arena for a, you know, what is it? We're in 2023. It's approaching a, you know, approaching a 30 year old building. It's solid for that, but it's definitely, yeah, I can totally see how the climate pledge arena as new as it is can, can really. Well, Rogers is a big circle. It's a circle with a couple levels or maybe, yeah. I don't know, a hexagon or something like it, yeah, it's, 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 it's a circle. That's it's an oval best way. to yeah, describe it. Yeah. yeah. It's an oval it with that just has a couple levels to it. Yeah. When you go to climate pledge, it's a gigantic open concept room and then there's a rink in the middle of it. Yeah, I think, you know what I've always kind of thought, James, is they built Rogers Arena in Vancouver on like a spot of land 
that was just big enough to fit Rogers Arena. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> you get that sense when you're there oh, right? yeah. that like you are in there like sardines. And you know what? When you're going to build it right in the middle of the downtown core, that's probably going to happen. Right. And then you get the benefit of of, you know, walking distance for the people that live downtown. And the fact that, you know, it's it's a SkyTrain station right across. You get to walk there. Right. Like you have the problem that the Ottawa senators like have, which is they're too far out of the city of Ottawa. Vancouver is completely the opposite, except for the fact that now you put your rink in exactly a rink sized spot of land. Right? <laughs> oh, 100 percent. But yeah, circling back to what we were talking about. What I noticed at that game being at ice level is uh, that game was dead serious on both sides. Colorado ends up winning six to four, but uh, I remember the Avs went up three, one Seattle scored the first goal in every game so far. And uh, Colorado ends up going up three, one. And next thing I know, Seattle's tied it. It's like 30 in a span of like a minute and a half, couple minutes, maybe five minutes. It was very fast. All of a sudden, Seattle's tied it. Colorado ends up winning 6-4, but this Kraken team does not go away. They will not ever disappear. And I was talking to one of my buddies. He said pesky sends. He says it's it. He says watching it's like the pesky sends era, and I totally see it. This team just will not leave you alone. There's a bunch of John Gabriel Pajot type players that just swarm you. And honestly, like, I give a ton of props to their head coach, Dave Haxtell, for just instilling a system that all the players buy into. They don't have superstars. You might even say they don't even have stars. Vince Dunn, Jared McCann, Matty Beneers, great players. None of them are really stars yet. Like, will be probably on that. Yeah, 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 they'll, they'll get there. I think 40 goals for McCann probably, again, Again, name of the game for me has always been consistency, right? If he has 35 plus next year, I'll call him a star. I'm not going to do it yet. Yeah. Um, speaking of, though, that's probably one big thing we have to touch on before we move on from this game. Kale McCarr, I didn't think it was that bad of a hit. I thought two minutes was the right call. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it When you slow it down, it looks so much worse than it is. Yeah, like you see it in in, in kind of real time and, and it's 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 a penalty. It's a penalty. It is not five in a game. It's not a suspension. Um, it was kind of like, and we can kind of get to it because we, again, we haven't talked about the playoffs. It was kind of like that Dumba hit on Pavelski that everybody, for some reason, thought Dumba should be like kicked out of the league for. That's, you know, that's barely a two-minute penalty. <laughs> yeah. If it is, it's it's the most borderline, barely interference, interference call ever. Right. Like it is, it's right on the line of not being interference. Pavelski releases the puck. Dumba is hitting him pretty quickly um he didn't target the head it's not dumba's fault that pavelski was in no way ready for the head that's 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 not on dumba <laughs> um and that's kind of what i again it's a very different hit but it was kind of the same sentiment of just because something looks bad or had a bad result does not mean that the play itself was bad right and i think that's kind of where we're at and hopefully mccann comes back but oh for seattle right oh boy well, you know, hockey is a very, very fast-paced, high-impact sport. And when we slow down video reviews, we should never forget that, ever. Because nine times out of ten, they will look worse when you slow it down. I've never seen one that looks better, looks more innocent when you slow it down. Like, that's not a thing. Not uh, really. Not really for, like, hits or collisions, right? Like, yeah. But, yeah, moving on. The other uh, Western Conference Game 4 that happened tonight... Vegas Golden Knights beat the Winnipeg Jets 4-2, to go up 3-1 in the series. Um, 
I honestly will talk about our brackets later, but I thought Winnipeg has played really well this whole series. Even even when the score hasn't looked great, I thought they've played a really solid game. But I think Vegas just has them outclassed here. Like I think they're just a better team. You know what, James? After Game Three, when Josh Morrissey wasn't coming back, it's it was Vegas. That's, that's a nightmare. That's it. That to me, that's it. To me, that was the nail in the coffin. Like even if Winnipeg had gone up two one in that game and they lose Morrissey, I still think game over because again when Winnipeg needed a goal today I love Neil Pionk he's a great defenseman but then he was out there with Nate Schmidt yeah like, oh boy yeah. <laughs> right? like um so again I think that's kind of your perfect encapsulation of they're in trouble when when that's happening and the fact that he's not coming back like again it could be it could be 2-2 right now and I would say the same thing that the series is over but it's 3-1 Vegas and you know Winnipeg will have to go into Vegas get a win I I, I would be shocked if we see a game seven here you know what's been the highlight of this playoffs? Uh, highlight of this series for me so far? Watching Jack Eichel score his first career playoff goal. He's played pretty well. He has played pretty well. He hasn't blown me off the page, but he's played yeah. pretty damn well. It's very solid. Yeah. Yeah. Mark hand. Stone coming back from his second yeah. back surgery in a calendar year to love hockey more than anything on this planet. Have you seen his goal celebrations? He looks so jack. I, I've always liked Stone a lot. And, oh. and- yeah. What a leader. What a guy. Coming into playoffs, they're playing their fourth string goalie. Or is that fifth? Uh Thompson, Quick, Hill. Yeah, him. Yeah, he's uh, Laurent Brassois, fourth string goalie. Yeah, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say Aiden Hill above him unequivocally. Like Brassois has been a backup for mm-hmm. a few years, right? Like it's not quite he, he's not as fourth string as fourth stringers go. No, no, no. Like he's, he's an he, NHL backup goalie. Yeah, he, their fourth most valuable goaltender. Yeah, he should be very heavily outclassed in this goalie matchup. And again, he hasn't been. And we'll get to the other series too. Um, but again, if we're going to go, we're going to go through our brackets. And let's just get through these games and then we'll go through our brackets. But in my brackets, I really leaned on goaltending as, as a big thing in these series. And in, again, this would be the <laughs> Vegas Winnipeg New York, Carolina, and Tampa Bay, Toronto were the three where I was like, that's going to be the difference. And I've been wrong. I'm 0 for 3 in those three in terms of my picks being the difference. Um, speaking of one of them, Toronto um, uh, flips the script. <laughs> flips the script, I think, is the best way to put it. Like, Toronto does to Tampa what has been done to Toronto so comedically for so long. The it was 4-1 meme is uh is just like the most awesome material ever for Leafs fans right now. It was 4-1 and and I I watched so I think the only game I didn't watch any of today was Jersey Rangers. I watched Tampa Toronto start to finish. Um Toronto looked terrible through 40 minutes. Looked so bad. Mm-hmm. Um and it was the same thing in game 3. I watched the entirety of game 3. They did not look good either. Um Tampa, I mean, they didn't. They didn't look great, but then like you saw the shots that were going in for them, like like that Sergachev goal. That was just a perfectly placed shot. Like none of their players were out of position. It looked like a harmless play, but then Sergachev just which one today? A laser, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, and I guess Nikita Kucherov has it in a shooting position. You can't yeah. really blame Samsonov, but it was that back angle shot, like the the back angle camera shot, where Sergachev has time to collect and release the puck before Samsonov has even started to push off. That it's like, all right move yeah um maybe think about doing that 
But it worked. Alex Lauren was playing sick. Yeah, he played his best game in the series by far. Yeah. He's played best game, arguably, that I've seen him play in a long time. Um, but you know what, man? And and kudos to Matthews. He got two big goals. But even going back to game three for Toronto, I think I said it on the podcast that if anything was going to win them a series, it was going to be that trade. Nola Chari has had a couple big goals in the playoffs, including one today. And Ryan O'Reilly tied the game up for Toronto in game three. And it's it's back to that trade. I Again, I, you're right that I'm not a Leafs fan, but I I love a lot of their players. And Nola Chari and Ryan O'Reilly are two of their players that I am very high on. And look at them, look at them go, right? And Morgan Riley, too. Morgan Riley scored in overtime in game three, and he scores to tie the game today. Morgan Riley, to me, has always been a guy where I've watched him in the playoffs for Toronto and I've thought, this guy has another gear, right? This guy could be an impact. He could be an X factor. He could be a difference maker. And every year he plays in the playoffs and he's like, he's solid. He's fine, but he's not what he could be. And it, again, like, look, look at him go, right? Like, and you know what? Yeah, there were two kind of seeing eye shots from the line, but at the end of the day, he's doing what his team needs him to do. And yeah, good, good for Riley. Right. Cause I, you know, I, I've, I've always, I've always liked him as a player, always thought he just had another level to get to. And if this is the kind of emergence of Morgan Riley is that another level of player, that'd be good. Um, Random, random question out of the blue here, because Kerfoot scored the overtime winner and uh, Toronto acquired Kerfoot along with Tyson Berry years ago for Kadri. Kadri was instrumental in Colorado's cup win. If, Kerfoot has a great rest of the playoffs, scores a couple big goals. Is the trade even down the road? If Toronto wins the cup, yes. If they don't win the cup, no. Correct. <laughs> I say yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's my I, – I, we've had this conversation, though. That's my attitude with everything, right? Tampa Bay could have given up – like. We we talked about the what they gave up that one year for Coleman and Barclay Goudreau and how much it it's was always worth time. it. It's worth it if you win the cup. Like you can give up give up thirty years of your future to win a Stanley Cup because like yeah. look at look look at some teams right. Look at the Canucks. Canucks have a fifty what we're we're at fifty three year history having won the Stanley Cup. Same with the okay. Buffalo Sabers. Same yep. day. Yeah. So honestly, yeah, give up as much as you want as long as you get one ring. It's worth it. And and um, so for Toronto, as much as yeah, that Kadri trade in retrospect, you know. Kadri's won a cup. He was an awesome player last year. Kerfoot scores a big goal. If Kerfoot continues to contribute to what to Toronto winning a Stanley Cup, then that trade is perfect on both sides. Why the hell not? Well, and think about it with uh, St. Louis Buffalo, Tage Thompson, Ryan O'Reilly. Those two players were traded for each other. Those two players ended up being the main pieces. Tage Thompson looks like, again, we talked about it, 47 goals, 93 points this year. Looks like a superstar. Looks like an absolute stud 1C. Traded for Ryan O'Reilly. And you know what? The St. Louis Blues right now could probably use Tage Thompson, but they don't win that cup without O'Reilly, so it makes it worth it for both teams. Yeah, completely agree. Even. Deal. All right, so last game of the night. This one shocked me. Um, I uh, I have a bet with my buddy Colton. 50 bucks straight across. For the winner of this series between the Rangers and the Devils. And Did he take Jersey? He took Jersey. Man, I there was zero part of me that thought the Devils were gonna win this series. And then after game two, I was like, oh, they're getting swept. And here we are, two-two, thanks to Akira Schmidt of all people. Wow. Schmid. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's one of those things where you know a rookie goaltender comes and fills in in playoffs. This could be where the magic happens. This could be history will be made. Well, and you know what? He was good this year. 
He was right? really like, good this year. Nine twenty-two, man. Oh, because I kind of I looked at that when he was stepping in. Like, oh, I know he played a little bit. How did he play? And ooh, <laughs> did you he, see? Uh, you saw well. the Jack Hughes and Patrick Kane comments about each other, right? No. Uh, Jack Hughes basically said, uh, Kane is a role model for all of us. He's the best American player of all time. And Kane said about Jack Hughes, he's a player you love to watch. And this is a guy that people are going to be a huge fan of for years to come and a face of the league. And I I like the, yeah, since the, I like, I like the Jack Hughes has been filthy. He has, and that was something I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to say, oh, Jack, he was going to have an awful playoffs. I didn't see him being too great either. Right. Like to me, you know, you gotta, you gotta lose to know how to win. You do. I believe in that. And I thought this was going to be kind of the learning experience for this New Jersey team. I actually still think it's going to be because I still think the Rangers are going to win the series. Um, And I think all this experience that these young devils are getting from it is going to fare them well. Um but I didn't expect these two games at MSG, right? Like this, this was so out of nowhere to me. Um, but yeah, Hughes gets the big first goal. New Jersey wins three, one it's two, two in that series. Um, so I guess James, why don't we really quickly? Cause again, if you're listening to this, you'll be listening to it on Thursday morning, the 27th, which means right now, Wednesday morning, it'll be Wednesday morning, the 26th. Yeah. That's when this is coming out. So we'll go through all the Tuesday, the 25th games. Um, Islanders, Hurricanes, 3-1 Carolina in Carolina. Um, I think the series is over. I think it's done. I think I think it's done like dinner. I don't think I don't think the Islanders are gonna have any life in no. them. You, you know Horvath's what? Comments or about say he needs to be better. I agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> um you know who needs to be better? And we were talking about, with his, you threw his name out in the heart conversation. I agree with it in the regular season. I had the Islanders winning this series because I had Eli Which Sorokin. Which I think is absolute ridiculousness. I had Sorokin carrying them past this Carolina team, and he's been average. He's been average. Uh, Minnesota, Dallas, and LA Edmonton are both at 2-2. Um, because these two games have been kind of played on the same night, I haven't watched too much Minnesota Dallas, even though it was a series I really wanted to watch. I've been watching LA Edmonton more so. Me too. Um, Zach Hyman with the biggest goal of his career by far to, you know, if that series goes three, one LA Edmonton's not coming back, but yeah, two, two, all of a sudden it's game on the Oilers have home ice from here. Um, yeah. Home ice hasn't meant much this playoffs. It hasn't. Do you want to run through the brackets now? Um, yeah, you didn't say what, what you thought about what's going to happen in the, the Dallas-Minnesota game. Well, and it's hard to say for these game fives, right? Like, it's it's a lot easier when it's like, oh, this series is either over or it's not, right? Like, a, a winning a game five to make it 3-2 is is subjective. But to me, Minnesota-Dallas has been the goaltending battle that I've kind of wanted to see in some other series that I haven't seen. But, yeah, wow, Philip Gustafson, speaking of trades, hey, talk about oh. fleecing. Oh, I oh. feel so bad for Ottawa. But Philip Gustafson looks like an absolute stud. It looks like this guy is going to be, you know, don't, 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 uh, don't count him out of the Vezina conversation in a little while. But does Ottawa need him because they have mad show guard? Well, we'll see. <laughs> time, time will tell. Um, time I like mad show guard. Do you? I, I impartial. Just because he has a, a cool uh, uh, line through the O in his name for the accent. 
I like I do like that. I like the double A always. Yeah, too. yeah, that one's cool. Um, uh, Corpus Salo, man. I I thought I thought it was Skinner that was going to be the guy in this series, but Corpus Salo's been the guy, and he's really taken LA here. Yeah. I mean, that's another game. I mean, we're we're not going to go over every single game we've missed, but Kings were up three zip in that last game. Didn't end like that. 5-4 OT win for the Oilers. Like, come on, man. It's not It's not even close to done yet. Um, all right, but yeah, we'll go into our brackets. Uh, Aiden, do you have the brackets up? Yes. All right, well, do you want to run through yours first? Well, I'll go series, and then let's go what we both had, okay? Okay. And like quick line of rationale for why we picked it, and again, why this is either happening or not happening, basically, in this point, right? Deal. Okay, Colorado, Seattle. We both had Colorado in six. I, I stand by that. I think I still stand by that too. Colorado has a home game. Um, as good as Philip Grubauer has been, uh, he hasn't to me really like outplayed Georgiev. I think they've been just as good as each other. I think he has. Um, this is valid. I I I love I love Georgiev though. I love his I love his flexibility. I love you know what you know what I always admire in goalies, man. Like to me, if I'm if I'm a scout, right? And I've watched so much freaking hockey like <laughs> that I, I even subconsciously when like other junior teams are coming in or when I was working triple a last year and and I, I'd see teams come in if I ever saw a goalie give up on a play if I'm a scout it's a line through his name just like that and that's mm-hmm. what I love about Georgiev it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where that puck is it doesn't matter where he is he is not giving up on the play till the whistle goes and I, I admire the hell out of that so he's I've always been a big fan of his for that reason for me there's an x factor in this series that could make it go either way did you see the Valdon Chushkin news? no was that like now that was uh that was yesterday okay what was that i believe it was yesterday might have even been the day before so uh he's uh he left seattle before game four uh he was seen with a security team leaving the hotel and going to the airport interesting yeah i don't want to jump to conclusions and i won't but you're probably thinking the same thing i'm thinking because of where he's born yeah interesting well i noticed he wasn't playing today yeah and and that's a massive hole and honestly without without him and the fact that we have no landiscog and the fact that mccard is almost quite obviously playing injured yeah he seems like it um i Valdichushkin not being there is what could win the Seattle the series. Well, and and the other thing too though is McCann, right? We don't know where he's gonna go. We don't know if he's gonna come back. Seattle's like, players all play the same game. I th- I think we're gonna miss Nachushkin more than they're gonna miss McCann. I think in the absence of Landeskog, yes, yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Nachushkins are probably one of our two best penalty killing forwards too. Oh, for sure, man. Tim Comfort, I. I I was so high on high on him in that draft, 2013. I thought, okay, was. Like, yeah, when when the Vancouver had nine, I was I wasn't upset with Horvat, but I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, and then he sucked, and then he he went to Russia. He came back and he was a different guy. It wasn't it wasn't just that he was better. He was a different player, and he he's he's still that player that that had returned and and yeah, yeah they're they're gonna miss him. Uh, next in the West, I I, ho- I just want to say I hope he's okay, and I hope he's safe. I care about that above me caring about Colorado winning the series. I just hope he's all right, and there's no danger to him or his family. 
Yeah, and and unfortunately, yeah, it's hopefully there's news too, right? So you can kind of it can kind of just be like mind at ease about it. Yeah, um, I just don't want speculation about him. Imagine yeah. if there's barely anything wrong and it's just the internet speculating and he has to see all that. That's terrible. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, next line down, we both had the stars in the second round too. I had them in five. You had them in six. It's already two, two. So my five is gone. Um, I almost put them in seven. I think they're going to win the series in seven. Now, after watching the first four games of it, I would have them Dallas in seven. Um, I think it goes Dallas, Minnesota, Dallas. Makes uh, sense. What do we got up next? Uh, Vegas, Winnipeg, you and I had different opinions on how this would go. You had Vegas in five, which looks like the more the most likely outcome at this point. I had Winnipeg in seven. This was one of these series that I looked at Laurent Brassois against Connor Hellebuck, and I said, yeah, Winnipeg. <laughs> and not that Hellebuck's been bad, not that Brassois has been amazing. It's just not been as much of a factor as I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, kudos to guys like Eichel, Mark Stone. I think Mark Stone coming back from injury. Like, I knew he was coming back from injury. He hasn't missed a beat, man. He's been awesome. Um, again, I, I always forget how good William Carlson is until I watch him play a little bit, too. Like, he's a very effective two-way center. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 3-1 Vegas. I don't think Winnipeg's winning the series. Um, I don't think it's five. I think Winnipeg can pull it a win. Uh, I think it's six or seven for the Knights. Me neither, but I also want to note that uh, on a on my BC Ferries trip to the island, I was all over the map uh, this past weekend. I, I went to Vancouver Island and then came back to Vancouver and then went to Seattle because I was going to stay on the island for the weekend if I wasn't going to Seattle. And then luckily my friend Pierce stepped up uh, and came with me. But yeah, um, on my way over to the island, I was sitting on the ferry with a gentleman and his son who were from Winnipeg and they were passionate Jets fans. And he was one of the most kind, genuine old dudes. And uh, if if people from Manitoba are all like that, I hope for him and his son's sake that Winnipeg comes back and gives them a series. I want to see uh, I want to see that series go deep. I care more about that than my prediction. If I had my way, every game, every series would go to Game Seven overtime. I respect that. Yeah, I had Jets in seven. I yeah it's not it's possible it's possible not likely but it's possible so here's a series that you and I both had going to seven games we just had different winners I had Oilers in seven you had Kings in seven and through four games if I had to bet again I would bet on LA Corpus Salvo has just so heavily outplayed Skinner and now we're going to Jack Campbell and Jack Campbell could be really good or he could be awful and there's no real way to know which one of those two versions of Jack Campbell you're going to get, but it's generally going to be one or the other. One thing that I think is really interesting is Jack Campbell played in the AHL for, uh, for LA's minor league team. I wonder how many of these players that are on the Kings right now, because they have a younger team and a lot of guys who graduated through the minors. I wonder how many of them were on that team with him. I wouldn't think that it's very many just because it was what, like six years ago, five years ago, something like that. But I think that's an interesting thought, how many of these players know him, how many of these players have been through it with him in a pivotal moment in his career where he was coming back to being an NHL player. I think Kempe would be the only one. 
off the top of my head. Oh, so the most dangerous one to shoot on him? Yes. Yeah, oh, obviously. Oh, oh, so that's great for him. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just trying to think when that would line up because there was there were years where he was like half with LA, right? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. So Doughty th- and Kopitar played with him too, then. Oh, they did. Well, he had a he had a a not insignificant amount of time with the Kings one year, right? And and that would be Kopitar. Yeah, Kopitar, Doughty, Ayafalo even would have been on that team, right? Um, that, I think it, that would be the whole list. But yeah, it, you and I were texting the other night. Uh, I, it, it was I think I believe it was Thursday night when I was in my buddy's car on the way to Port Alberni from Nanaimo, and. Uh, you said something that has resonated through me, and I completely agreed with it. You said I'm legitimately high on 14 of LA's forwards. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the exact same thing. They yeah. Have like such insane forward depth. Mm-hmm. And, well, and again, Yala's back. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Well, and they have a good mix, and it's not like they have this, like, again, like, Fiala and Kempi and Kopitar. You can, you can put those guys in that star category. But it's not like they have, you know, there's there's no McDavid, right? There's no there's no top 20 forward on that team, right? LA doesn't have any of the top 20 forwards in the league, except maybe Fiala's on like that cusp, right? And Adrian Campy, I like a lot too. But yeah, like you look through that that forward core, like I was I was in my head like running through them. And yeah, like LA, you know, and LA's defense is solid too. And and again, the last piece of the puzzle was Jonas Corpusalo. So if the Kings, if the Kings beat the Oilers, and, and we're gonna go through the bracket some more. If LA beats Edmonton, I think they're in the final. And that's my bold take. And yep. it is a bold take. I, I think they can beat Vegas. Yeah, I think they can beat Vegas, and I think they can beat again. Colorado would have to get healthy to yeah. comfortably beat LA in the West Final. Like they would have, like again, I know Landis is coming back, but you would need a Nachushkin, Lekkinen, healthy Makar, McKinnon, Rantanen to beat that Kings team in that West final. And I don't know if that's happening. Right. Um, LA is too deep, man. I yeah. honestly, I remember I was, I was sitting on the couch with one of my buddies with like 15 games left in the regular season. We were just uh, having a couple drinks, eating some food, getting ready to go out uh, sit down to the bar, watch some sports. And uh, we were watching a Kings game. I can't remember for the life of me who they were playing, but I just went, could this team win the cup? Like, is this, is this legit? I think they could. And and as much as I again I like the abs to me there was Eastern there's an Eastern Cup winner this year right but again the Kings could win the West right um I, I'll I put actually bucks on it I'll I'll put twenty on a West team I'll put twenty on on West beats East sure okay 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 because <laughs> you know what I still have New York I still have New York um <laughs> the Rangers me too Islanders. me too but um, just for fun I'm a yeah. gambling man I love doing it yeah let's do it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had Edmonton. I it still could very much be Edmonton. I just, again, it's the stability that Corpus has brought to that crease that, uh, that Campbell and Skinner haven't yet. And who knows, Jack Campbell could get hot, but again, and you know what, by the time this podcast is released, it might be three to Edmonton and all this is really stupid. Right. <laughs> I just think I take, I take Ellie's goaltending. I take their defensive depth. I take their forward core, but the Oilers have McDavid and Dreisaitl, so. Oh, and by the way, like, can we just really appreciate that, like, 
Leon Dreisaitl needs to be considered in that like tier of players that elevates like that that tier of playoff gods basically yeah he is he this is like now the what third maybe fourth playoffs that we've seen him at least third playoffs we've seen him like completely just be like a a mutant version of himself in the playoffs like mcdavid's good was he have nine points in four games i i think he's been on the ice for every single oiler goal in these playoffs james he's at least close i think i've watched this I've watched this whole series. I can't think of one that he hasn't been. But again, like regardless, yeah, he's he's been unreal. Um, and, and yeah, like again, if Edmonton's going to win the series, it's going to be on the back of him and McDavid. Um, you want to go to the East? On to the East, my friend. It feels like we're missing someone, and it's because I'm so used to St. Louis being in playoffs. But like I know they weren't even close. But it's just yeah. it, to me that's just wild not seeing the Blues in playoffs. They've been such a stable presence for so much of my life. Yeah, it's valid. Well, and there's no Pittsburgh or Washington on this side this year. Either. No, that's going to be so gross. Yeah. Um. So right now, Boston's up 3-1, which means you're going to be right when you're Boston in five prediction. And I am wrong in my Boston and four prediction, but we both have the Bruins moving on quite handily. Nothing against the Florida Panthers. It's just, again, stability in that. Like, Lena Solmark's been unreal all year. He's probably going to win the Vezina. Um, and Alex Lyons started the playoffs. He lost the spot to Bobrovsky. They've both been shaky. Um, kudos to the Panthers for, Panthers for winning one game, but uh, I don't think they I think they put up a good fight. Oh, it's going to be a good game five. It's been a good yeah. series. It's been a hard-fought yeah. series. Boston hasn't, like, murdered them. But it's 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 not going past five. <laughs> One last note on the Panthers: Eric Stahl's been a really decent depth forward all year long. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I definitely thought after that because um, Montreal picked him up for their cup run, he was bad. I didn't like yeah. him, and I thought he was done after that. But no, he's you're right. I, I don't disagree. With he that. didn't even play in the NHL last year, and I think yeah. he had almost thirty points this season. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's a good player, right? Like it's, it's, um, I always kind of thought Rick Nash was going to do that where he was just yeah. back one time and, and light it up. But he was concussions though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was injuries. I don't know if it was concussion specifically, but he was, he was, yeah, he was too banged up. His style of game and his era was never going to age well. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I, I, I'll never forget though, man, how good that guy was. <laughs> like, um, anyways, next East Kids series. These days will never know how good Rick Nash was. Genuinely, though, right? Like, and and is he never won a joke. cup? He didn't win many awards. Oh. Mike Richards, Jonathan Taves, Rick Nash, 2010 Olympics became Canada's second line. They were gross. They single-handedly, completely not only shut down Malkin and Ovechkin playing together for Russia in that quarterfinal, but they countered and they scored. <laughs> um. Oh, One man. of my biggest regrets as a hockey fan is not watching more Mike Richards when he was in the NHL. He was good, man. And, and you know, uh, another guy whose career ended. The Missing Curfew podcast's Instagram account always shares, like, random clips from, like, 2010 because their hosts are Scotty Upshaw and Shane O'Brien. Yeah. And so they'll just share stuff from the late 2000s, early 2010s. And there was one they shared that was – uh it was a Mike Richards playoff shift, and I'm pretty sure he yeah. hit six people. Was that the one against Montreal where he? Yeah, like, I think he, he hit tucked, six people. And he then tucked scored. a shorty like yeah. at the end of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was him though. That was him. Yeah. Um, and he was the captain, right? And he was a good leader. And yeah, he kind of he he 
he he got his cup in LA, right? He did. He Both probably, of his cups. He did. He probably should have got one in Philly, though, right? Like that Philly team, I think. I mean, they lost in the final, obviously, but there are some teams like that Canuck. The, the Canucks team is the obvious one that comes to mind because they were multiple presidents' trophies and everything. But I think other than Vancouver, Philadelphia, like that Jeff Carter, Mike Richards. Philadelphia team is probably my like most deserved to win a cup and just never got there. It was Philly in the East and San Jose in the West. The two yeah, teams the Sharks were definitely. so good and just never yeah. were able to do it. Yeah. And they both won final each, right? Pretty strikingly similar. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, Toronto, Tampa, we both had it going seven. I had Tampa and seven, you had Toronto and seven. And uh, well, it's three, one Toronto, just like it was against Montreal in 2021. I'll never forget that. And uh, if this series doesn't go Tampa's way, I will sure as hell be watching those highlights just to make myself feel better. Um, yeah, I, this could be three, one Tampa. It arguably shouldn't be three, one Toronto, right? Like I, I, uh, the Leafs deserve to lose game one. They lost the Leafs deserve to win game two. They won. Um, but from there, like I, I, I think the Tampa Bay lightning, in this series they lost this series as much as toronto will have won it if this series ends up being won by the leafs at this point right they had both games three and four in the palms of their hand and they lost it to toronto um and the other thing too man and this was again this this was another one of my series because there was three big ones where i was like the goaltending is going to win it it was um, Winnipeg, Vegas, which I was wrong about. It was this one, which I am going to be wrong about. Apparently, it's three one Toronto right now, so we'll see again. It could it could be could be Tampa in seven still. It would be a very Toronto thing for that to be the outcome of this. Um, but if Toronto ends up winning the series, I will have definitely been wrong about because to me, I was looking at Vasilevsky, Samsonov. I was like, there is no question of who I'm picking. And James, correct me if I'm wrong. Andre Vasilevsky has not been very good. I'm not going to say it because if I say it, I'll jinx it and he'll end up playing the best hockey of his life the rest of the series. Yeah, potentially. And that could happen no matter what, because it's Vasilevsky, right? But I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have a buddy. I have a few, <laughs> I have a couple friends who are Leafs fans. I was talking to one of them before the playoffs started and he was like, dude, don't you just think that like, if they win one round, they're going to win the cup. And I was like, I totally agree with that in premise. Like that's what happened to Washington and Colorado, right? They get over that one hump and they win the cup. But I yeah, said except to him, for like, Washington and Colorado was the second round. Yeah, well, and I, but I, what I said to him was like, I agree with that in premise. Like you get over the hump, you go all the way. I was like, but, 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 buddy, it's Boston, New York, and Colorado as the next three rounds. Do you see them winning those four rounds in a row? And he was like, No. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. So Vasilevsky's because again, like Toronto, they have home ice advantage. They had a better season than Tampa. They finished off the season way stronger than Tampa. A lot of the signs did point to them being the favorite in this series. But to me, it was like in the playoffs, playoff Vasilevsky over Samsonov. That's what I'm taking. And here we are three, one Toronto and Vasilevsky has been, you know, I'm not going to say it's his fault, but he's definitely not one Tampa Bay anything. Yeah, um, on, on the Toronto side of things, I think Ryan O'Reilly has been one of the most valuable players, and I absolutely love to see that. The guy is an absolute gamer, and uh, when he got traded to Toronto, his numbers were not good. It was like 19 points in 40 games, I believe. 
maybe 18 points in 40 games. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was close to a point per game in his regular season games with, with Toronto. And, uh, and then in playoffs, he's just been unbelievable. He's been great. He's done his job. And then some, uh, whether he's playing on the second line with top end players or if he's playing on the third line with some lower end players and filling in the gap in that role. He's just been so good. He's able to be plugged and played wherever he's needed. I really like Jake McCabe too. I thought Jake McCabe's really solid. Yeah, yeah, he's had his bad moments, but he's had his great moments too. Yeah, he's 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 been pretty hot and cold, but the one thing that I was going to say and um like the, I I have to give Toronto all the credit in the world for this. What they've done this year that they've never been able to do. This is the best four-line Maple Leafs team that they've ever been able to put together by far. Oh, like, easy. Noel Chari, Sam Lafferty, Zach Aston Reese, uh, Kylie Yarncroke even coming in. Like the, the Toronto teams that were losing in the first round of Boston and then to Montreal and to Tampa. Like it was, it was those those teams, it was like, oh, the um the the high-end talent let them down. And and that was you know, that was true at the time, but you know, at the end of the day, the, those teams weren't deep enough. Right. And they tried a couple of times like that Nick Foligno trade they tried. Right. But this has been the best cast of depth players they've managed to put together. And I think at the end of the day, right. Like Austin Matthews, two of the biggest goals he's ever scored is a Maple Leaf today. Right. Like, and he deserves the credit for that. But at the end of the day, if Toronto wins the series, it's going to be because of it's not going to be because Matthews and Marner took their game to another level because they've been at this level. It's going to be because the, the non Matthews Tavares Marner Nylander players that Toronto brought in, not just at the deadline, but over the course of the season have been unreal. And, you know, O'Reilly gets the credit, Achari gets the credit, but yeah, like I said, Lafferty, Aston Reese, uh, um, Yarn Croak, like th- these guys are great players. And Sam Sonoff. Sam, yeah. Sam Sonoff too. That's a, Yeah. Honestly, like, and I, I, Murray Samsonov as a goaltending duo for this to be the goaltending duo that took the Leafs to the second round. Like, I, 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 I will be shocked, but it, it looks like that's the way we're headed. Freddie Anderson deserved better in Toronto. You know what my thing with Freddie was? Like, he just, it, it wasn't that he was consistently bad. It was just when they needed a save, he just couldn't make that save. <laughs> I mean, and how many of those playoffs was he playing injured too, though? Yeah, that that's a fair point. And and you know, like look at him in Carolina; he's been hurt this whole time as well. Like it's it's just who he he's is. had nonstop injury problems since leaving Anaheim. Yeah, he has. Oh wait, he had them in Anaheim too. He did. No, he did. I think that but was part John of the reason. Gibson came in for playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Carolina, speaking of Freddie Anderson, Freddie's not playing and the Hurricanes are up 3-1. You had Carolina in six. I had the Islanders in six. It was another series for me, James. Elias Sorokin was going to carry New York. And as we're talking about Vasilevsky, okay? We're talking about Vasilevsky being below average. I'm watching some, and again, I haven't watched too much of the series, so I don't know how he's been playing, you know, aside from the highlights, really. But I'm watching some of these goals that are going in on Sorokin, and I'm thinking like, oh, oh. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, honestly, I think Carolina is just too mobile of a team. The Islanders were never going to have a chance. 
I didn't really ever see it. Like, I don't care if Sorokin outplays them. Their blue line is ridiculous. It's insane. They have, somehow they have some of the best offensive and some of the best defensive D-men in the league. Just yeah. for fun. Yeah. Like, isn't Brady Shea on their third player? Yeah, he, well, I, I know he's not a top three guy. It's either Brady Shea or um or Shane Gossesbeer that's playing with yeah, you're right. Brett Pesci. It's one of the two of them. Yeah. No, and Carol- either one of those having on your third pair and second power play unit, like that is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and Brady I Shea I is underrated as hell. He's a very solid defense defenseman, yeah. And for me, for Carolina, what it what it really was was Svechnikov and Pacioretty's absence. I didn't see them making that up, but Natchez and, and Aho have done and a good Jarvie. Jarvis well, he had a big goal uh, last game and big goal line clearance a couple of games ago. Yeah, and you know what? At the end of the day, um, maybe I'm stupid for still counting them out, but I still don't think they're making the third round with this team with how banged up they are and how not healthy they are. Yeah, fair. I think they're going to need big performances out of guys like Jarvis and Teravine, and if they're going to get far, like that's going to be needed. They're going to have to have, uh, like teravine has got to shake out of this funk. Like he's got to get really good again. That has to be a thing. Uh, on top of that, like uh, Jarvis shows, he's already showed in his career that he can plug and play in the top six where needed, not be an X factor, but be a factor to contribute and, and let the other good players on the line do their thing and go in and work hard. So that's a really big thing. I never really doubt Rod Brindamore as a coach because he gets those guys fired up. And I love that. Um, on top of that, I think if they're going to go deep, Aho has to play the best hockey of his career. That's a fact. I think they're also really motivated uh, when they have a guy like Brent Burns in one of the last couple of years of his career playing incredible hockey and filling in as needed. Like when Svechnikov went down, Brent Burns just started piling up points for them on the power play. He just started filling it in for them as much as he could. And that's a guy who's playing, playing inspired. He loved it in San Jose. He loved being on that team. And that team was very successful for part of the time that he was there. And, you know, he gets to Carolina with a really motivated group and a really tight locker room and an incredibly motivational coach and uh, different conference, different life, different city. The guy looks ready to rock. And I love to see that. So um, I'm not going to count the Carolina Hurricanes out in the second round against the Rangers or the Devils. I will not do that. Well, and that's our last one, New York, New Jersey. We both had the Rangers going through. You had them in six. I had them in seven. Um, Schmid, as it's uh, your X factor. Kira Schmid. It's your X factor right now because Vanacek uh, well, wasn't doing too hot, but here we go. He's been really good all year. He's He's been statistically their best goalie. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. I don't know what's going on with him. I, w- I wonder if he just walked into the Rangers' firepower and he couldn't do it. MSG is a yeah. rocking building. Yeah, no, it is. Well, and I still think this is New York series, despite the fact they've lost a two nothing lead. But this this could this could go any way. Could you imagine being the starting goaltender and you walk into MSG for game one and all of the lights come on and you hear out here in the fields and then the whole rink just starts buzzing. Like, that's one of the sickest traditions with a song to start playoffs that I've ever heard of. 
The Rangers just rock Bob O'Reilly to start it. That's unreal. I love that. That's on my hockey bucket list. There's three things on my hockey bucket list. See an important playoff game in Colorado. Nice. See uh, game one of playoffs for the Rangers. Cool. See game one of playoffs for Montreal when the kid skates the middle of the ice and lights the torch. Cool. Those are the three things on there. That's that's what I care about. That That's what I want to see. But yeah, anyway, I think... Uh, that series could end up going either way and i really don't want to be out 50 bucks and i also really don't want to see new york rangers patrick kane ousted in the first round i think this isn't the devil's time to win a cup and uh i i think they're going to be back regardless i think the rangers with this core that they've assembled of of uh of guys that they've brought in like in the past 12 months they've added trocek tarasenko kane that's so fun that is that is just that's awesome this is excitement. If I was a Rangers fan, I would just be jumping for joy. I hate that expression, jumping for joy. I'd be over the moon. I'd be stoked. But yeah, it's. Uh, I still have faith in the Rangers. I think uh, the Devils just showed them they can play. I think that's yeah. the important part because that's what that Devils team needed to do. You don't want them to just walk in and get swept. That doesn't do much for the playoff confidence. You want them to walk in and lose in six or seven and come back ready for action next year. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. So do you want to go like second round, third round final, or do you want to kind of skip ahead? Because we can do, we can like give our own second round predictions if we actually get our crap together to like do a podcast in between the first and the second round. I think that's probably better I think we can just go. whip through them right now. Okay. All of them? Yeah. Okay, so we both had Colorado-Dallas in the central final, ostensibly. We both had Colorado beating Dallas. We had vastly different Pacific finals. You had Vegas beating LA. I had Edmonton beating Winnipeg. <laughs> um, and then in the West final, we both had Colorado. You had Colorado beating Vegas. I had Edmonton beating Colorado. Mm. So have are you going to stand by the Colorado Avalanche as your West finalist? Uh, if Nachushkin can come back healthy. Okay. And if Makar can play healthy. Okay. And um, there's so many what ifs. Yeah. So obviously with that one, I picked with my heart, right? And I picked, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the guys they're lining up against. And McKinnon is a playoff motivated, absolute menace. And, uh, oh, I didn't even mention that I got to see McKinnon score two playoff goals. <laughs> one of them on a four on four break. But yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I think I can still stand by that, but I also think that if LA gets past Edmonton, they can get past Vegas. Yeah, I I'm again, it's maybe partially like goaltending for me, right? And it's maybe just not buying into Brassois. Um, I don't I think Vegas at this point is gonna beat Winnipeg. They're up three one, but I I don't think they win the second round against either Edmonton or or LA. Oh, I should also mention Laurent Brassois is from my hometown of Port Alberni. I went to high school with his cousin. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, how did I not know that, dude? Yeah, random thing. I, I've only met him once, and it was at Pemberton Music Festival, and my friend Jesse recognized him because he was also a goalie. Nice. Yeah. I have a picture on my phone of 18-year-old me standing next to Laurent Brassois at Pemberton Music Festival. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's really all I got. <laughs> um, okay, East second rounds. We both had the Bruins. I had Tampa. You had Toronto. I had Boston beating Tampa. You had Toronto beating Boston. Indeed, I do. Are you standing by that? Yes, because uh, I think I've always thought that the President's Trophy is a jinx, and I've only been proven wrong three times in my life. One of them I have zero recollection of because I was yet to gain consciousness. And uh, yeah, um, Detroit did it. Chicago did it. The President's Trophy does not usually get you there. What are you going to do? Go lose in the finals? President's Trophy means nothing to me. All it is is a curse. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I'm a very superstitious guy. Um, I think if Boston doesn't lose in the second round, they'll lose in the third round. Then lose in the third round, they're losing in the finals. Boston is not winning the cup. I think Toronto is... If Toronto beats Boston, they're winning the cup. Again, like I want to, I I can get behind that premise of like a team getting over the hump and then going all the way. It's just like, I don't have anybody beating the Rangers. Like we both, by the way, just skipping ahead, spoiler alert, James and I both actually had the Rangers winning the cup in our brackets. Like I have Patrick Kane hoisting the cup at home in MSG. Yeah, I, I, and I still stand by that. Um, I think New York wins the cup. And so, again, to me, like, no matter who it is in that East final, I think the Rangers beat them if it's Boston, Tampa, or Toronto. Uh, yeah, I just think that, like, if... I think the Rangers would beat the Bruins. I think well, if Toronto had just gotten past Boston, if they're relatively healthy and they just slayed the Demons, all of those guys are going to be playing at 150%. When Colorado got past St. Louis, past the second round those guys were winning the cup. It didn't matter who they were playing. They went up against McDavid and Dreisaitl, who were about to put up 70 points in 25 games if they went to the finals. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) You look at when Washington beat Pittsburgh, went to the third round, Evgeny Kuznetsov is all of a sudden one of the best centers in the world. Yeah, no, again, I don't, I'm not, I'm not refuting the get over the hump and go all the way. It's just, it's how good the Rangers are. And you know what? Funny enough, you had Boston, you had Toronto beating Boston. You had the Rangers beating Carolina, but then in your bracket, you had the Rangers beating the Leafs. I had Boston beating Tampa Rangers beating the Islanders. And then the Rangers beating the Bruins, um, which set up our finals. You had Colorado, New York. I had Edmonton, New York. Um, I had the Rangers winning. You had the Rangers winning, and I will stand by that. I don't know who's going to be the West finalist, but I think the New York Rangers come out of the East and they win the cup. Yeah, I I, I think the same thing too. Uh, but I I just I can't rule out the Toronto thing, and I can't rule out a random Cinderella run out of the West. What if Jake Ottinger and Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski comes back? Like Dallas could win the cup. I've yep. never ruled out Dallas. I know we've talked about them almost not at all. Like every time we come up to that series, we breeze by it. And I think that's because both of us have barely watched it. I haven't watched enough of it. Yeah. I've watched. By the way, okay. I've I haven't watched... watched. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So neither of us have watched this series, but I just wonder like, do you have any logical conclusion as to why Philip Gustafson, Minnesota wins game one? I, that, that game I did watch. I watched most of that game because I was. Um, me and my dad were just sitting with multiple screens on in that hotel room watching the games together when I was in Banff with him. Um, Gustafson was a god in game one, man. He was unreal. 
why flurry in game two? That's just a mind baffling coaching decision to take out the guy that like single handedly won you game one and has been like a God this year. Philip Gustafson has been unreal this year. In what world do you take him out for anybody? It doesn't matter who it is. Why would you take him out for game two? It, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be, it, it, it could be anybody. Why? I don't understand. And you know what? If Minnesota, if Minnesota loses the series, I almost hope it's in seven because you almost deserve to lose a playoff series because of something that stupid, honestly, like, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, flurry led in seven. You can't argue with that. The guy's a legend, but that, that was not his game. But I, and you're right. But, and you know what? If Philip Gustafson had, had struggled in game one, I, I might've agreed with you. Even like if he, if he had barely won the game, but man, he had a 931 this year, James. I also yeah. want to note that Minnesota was only behind by one. Like it was 4-3 in the second. And then Flurry led in the next three goals. Yeah. That's tough. That's really tough. That's that's just really unfortunate. And uh not really how you want to see like what if Flurry retires and that's his last game he ever played. He let in seven in a game he shouldn't have started. Yeah, I don't. Uh... That's just not a great note to go out on on a lock Hall of Fame career. Like the guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'll give you that. Yeah. Like, Flurry has been in the NHL your entire life. I mean, the entire time I would have watched hockey for sure. So what year was... are you born? Two thousand two. Yeah. Okay, he was drafted in 03. You hadn't yeah. gained consciousness yet, and Flurry was no. already in box. Yeah, yeah. You still couldn't figure out object permanence or or how to tie a shoe or how to eat with a spoon, and Flurry had already made a save in the NHL. Well, I mean, if that's the bar, then... <laughs> um... <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, so we're through our brackets. We both had the Rangers winning the cup. We're both standing by it. We'll go through our amended second-round picks once the second rounds are set. Deal. Um, I would like to, again, reiterate that if you're listening to this, um, D- even DM us. Yeah, James is right. You can DM us voice memos. Um, DM us questions on Instagram to the uh, to the podcast account, and we'll answer them. But for now, we're going to move on to Junior. Uh, we got a we got a WHL James like again I'm living in Red Deer, and speaking of Red Deer man, like we're we're recording this the night of uh, March 24th, Game Seven between the Red Deer Rebels and the Saskatoon Blades in the second round is the night of Tuesday April 25th. Red Deer was up three buzz. Red Deer was up three buzz, and we are in Game Seven now. Saskatoon's won three straight games. And now here's the thing, right? I am of the opinion that this series is just for the privilege of being absolutely spanked in the third round by the Winnipeg Ice. <laughs> um, so keep that in mind. But man, this Red Deer team looked like they had this in the palm of their hand and they've let it slip away. So we'll see if the Rebels can close out the Blades. So yeah, right now we have a in the in the other conference, Seattle and Kamloops is round three, which is interesting because um the blazers uh did you know they're eight and oh to this point both teams are eight and oh to this point um 
They both swept the first two rounds. These are two teams that are going to be in the Memorial Cup. As much as I like the Winnipeg Ice, Seattle's going to win the dub, and Kamloops is the host. <laughs> so it's it's interesting more than anything else that we're watching this Seattle Kamloops series, and I fully believe these are two Memorial Cup teams. Um, but Winnipeg could give Seattle a run in the final. That could happen. Um, the Ice beat the Warriors four games to two in the other semi. So Red Deer Sask is game seven Tuesday night. Winner of that is in round three. And then we've got our WHL semifinal set. You know, I love that, that uh, going from down 3-0 to going to game seven uh, in junior hockey for the same reason. I love the ridiculousness of the world juniors sometimes. The fact of the matter is these guys are barely adults. Temper, tempers fly and it's anything can happen. And sometimes it's the biggest moment left in their careers for a lot of these guys who won't move on to the next level. For a lot of these guys, it's a stepping stone. Um, but regardless, it's something that no matter what, none of them will ever forget. And I love that. I love that about junior hockey at any level. And it's just awesome to see. Um, the Brooks Bandits and Spruce Grove Saints are in their AJHL final, James, in my league. Brooks swept us four games to none we haven't done a podcast since then um it was four pretty tight fought games between the two teams and um i think if blackfolds is healthy it's not a four game series but brooks uh you know brooks for sure in that series like they really took blackfolds seriously and they did not take a shift off and you could see that the quality of their players really just uh shined all the way through credit to the bandits it was a good series but they in the end prevailed spruce grove has given them a tough start it's one one through two games um both these teams are quality and i think both these teams would be uh deserving winners i think yeah fair uh i've been paying a little bit of attention in the bchl uh the surrey eagles who i formerly worked for slash with uh they're playing in game seven tomorrow against my hometown alberni valley bulldogs so that's kind of cool i kind of want to pay attention to that uh, former broadcast partners and friends, Joey Pitt and Lucas Chelly. I saw that they were hanging out in Port Alberni for, <laughs> for those games. And I was like, ah, nice. They're in my hometown. Love to see it. Um, yeah. The uh, Alberni Valley multiplex and Weyerhaeuser arena gets, uh, it gets pretty bumping. The Port Alberni gets very, very heavy into their junior hockey. Like there's a lot of season ticket holders, lots of people who just love going and seeing them play. So I'm not surprised that barn was shaken and I'm not surprised that this series is going to seven and it's probably gonna be pretty fun. Yeah. As the junior hockey wraps up, we're into uh part three of the podcast, James at two 25 AM local, which means I'm going to have a crappy morning tomorrow, but um, hey, lots of coffee, lots of coffee. You'll be good. So we kind of started doing the question of the week. So I have another one for you. Um, if you read the rundown, you might've prepared something. I don't know if you did, but uh, random hill you'll die on. Like every time this topic comes up, you are like hard line. You have your opinion. It, it's like a longstanding one, whatever, right? Like it, random hockey hill you'll die on. Um, you can give me a couple if you have a couple off the top of your head, but that's the question of the week for you. Okay. I've got, I've got a couple off the top of my head that I've said before on the podcast. Uh, random hill I'll die on. Uh, Jonathan Quick was low key the best goalie of his generation. Okay. Uh, we've been over that before, though. Uh, we yeah. I've we've probably talked about that at length two to three times. 
at and least the- at least once or at least once because it was I the hall of fame one even yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and another one is one that I just brought up earlier, that the President's Trophy is a curse. Okay. Number three, though, one that I have to come up with right now. One that I have to come up with right now for sure. Um, random hill that I'll die on. The Montreal Canadiens will uh, have and always have had, I'm not saying all of them, but they have some of the most toxic fans on the planet. And some of them are great fans. Don't get me wrong. We have friends that are great fans of them. Our buddy Ben Bazran and his dad, great fans of the Montreal Canadiens. But you know what? Some of them are so terrible and so stuck in their ways. I swear if I hear another, uh, another Montreal fan who wasn't alive for any of these cups say, Oh yeah, well Montreal's won more than twenty cups. How many has your team won? Like, shut up, stop. <laughs> you have no business talking about that. I have no problem with anyone being a passionate fan and arguing in support of their team, but they have very toxic fans. Um, I will never forget uh, the mistreatment of Saku Koivu after coming back from cancer. One of his first few games back, I believe he was booed because they lost and he like didn't score in a shootout or missed on a breakaway or something like that. And that's just a casual thing that's breezed over. It might've been a while after that. It might've been 30 games still, but yeah, that's a thing that happened. I'm, I'm, I'm like 80% sure. I don't remember that enough. Yeah. I, 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 I respect the three opinions for sure. Yeah. And, and then just diving a little bit deeper into that, like, <laughs> When one of their young players is doing terribly, like look at how Druen and Galchenyuk were treated when they were playing bad hockey. I understand it's a storied original six franchise, but dude, leave them alone. You don't like were, were these guys not getting constant hate online all the time? Again, I Galchenyuk, I wouldn't have I don't remember as much, but yeah. there was some of it. No, Jonathan Druin has had a tough go at it in Montreal for sure. Montreal was not the place for him to go. No, I don't. Disagree Imagine if he got sent to like, it wouldn't happen in division, but uh, I mean, maybe it would have because Florida was still not very good. But imagine if he got sent to like a Florida or Columbus or an Arizona, like it might have been so much better for him. Even a Minnesota, like. Yeah, yeah, I got you. It was not the place for him to go. But yeah, that's uh, th- those are some hills I'll, I'd die on. Would uh, do you have a random one? I know this isn't supposed to, supposed to be how it works, but do you have a random one? Well, I've I I've got I had one random one, and I've got two more, so I've got three as well. Okay. Two of them are times I think a team or a player got robbed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Logan Couture fully deserved the 2016 Conn Smythe Trophy, even in the loss. Yes, 100%. He was the best player in that playoffs. By far. It wasn't even close. Um, okay, no, no, you can't say it wasn't even close because Crosby was still god tier. Crosby was great, man, but just, again, it's playoff MVP. I think Crosby isn't that. Pittsburgh's still there. I think Couture isn't that. San Jose's not out of the second round. Like, he carried that team. Hey, in your uh, in your NHL franchise modes, because you would have played more around then, uh, did Logan Couture also have the clutch gene in your franchise mode playoff, Sims? 
Not that I remember. Like, again, I wouldn't have. I uh, I remember getting to the third round once and uh, I had Colorado as my team and we were, we were in there pretty good. This would have been NHL 20 or 21 because we had Kale McCarr. I want to say it was probably, tw- yeah, it was 20. Yeah, it would have been that summer. And I did a franchise mode. And this was one that I took deep. I took it like 18 seasons deep, maybe 20 seasons deep, something ridiculous. But uh, there was two straight third rounds, I believe, at least one, uh, maybe maybe two that weren't consecutive. And uh, we lose against San. We'd be up in the series, lose against San Jose in the third round. Logan Couture, like three straight overtime goals, and then they'd go win the cup, and he'd win the Conn Smythe. And I was like, well. He got robbed before, so he deserved that. So I agree with that, Hill. I'll take that. Okay, other robbery. The Edmonton Oilers completely and utterly robbed in the 2017 second round against the Ducks. Mm. Yeah. To this day. Yeah. I, James, like I, in every 10 instances where there's like a goaltender interference review, 9.9 times I agree with the forward. When I played hockey, I was that forward, right? And I just, I always think goaltenders are like, you know, if you're interfering with them, it's interference. But I don't like the, like, you breathe on a goalie and it's interference, right? And and that was definitely happening for a time. Um, But man, Ryan Kessler is grabbing Cam Talbot's thigh in that one goal in game five. And, you know... And that goal ended up making it three two, Anaheim in the series and Edmonton shellacked them in Edmonton in game six, which I think would have happened anyways, even if Edmonton was up three, two. So to me, I think that, that the Oilers just got completely fleeced. <laughs> okay. And you said you had a third one. Yeah. So, and then this one, I, I didn't have this one coming in, but I was talking about Mike Richards, Jonathan Taves and Rick Nash playing together. Um, the 2010 winter Olympics in Vancouver, the best hockey I've ever watched the best hockey, best hockey period, best hockey of our lives, that tournament. Yeah. I attribute that to that whole era though, that like 2010 with that Olympics and playoffs to 2011 being in Vancouver for that run to 2012, the Kings randomly out of the blue being one of the most dominating playoffs of all time. That is that for me is like that whole era. I got you. Like, I understand. And I, I know. Yeah. Like I, I know where you're coming from, but to me, it's just like, it's the, that Canada U S group game where Marty Broder just loses his mind and, <laughs> and the, the Americans win because of it. Then Canada having to play Russia in the quarterfinals because of it. Then it was a Russian team that was ranked first going into the tournament that had beat Canada in the quarterfinals of the last Olympics. And for Canada to not only beat Russia, but beat them seven, three, and then that Slovakia team that looked like they were on a mission that just barely, barely came up short to Canada in the semifinals. And then the Canada US Crosby golden goal, gold medal game, like just all of that together was better than any NHL playoffs that I've ever seen that tournament. Totally fair. I have one more really, really random one. And this is, I, I didn't prepare for this, so like I didn't really get to think of a random, random one. So that's how I kind of came up with two that we'd already talked about and, until I came up with the third one that was kind of random. This is stupid random. This is a deep cut. 
Ryan Miller to the St. Louis Blues is the most sadly underwhelming and disappointing trade deadline move of all time. I mean, maybe let's pump the brakes on the words all time because there's there's got to be some other ones, right? But like, I know what you mean. <laughs> like, I, I I remember that. I remember how n- nothing he was in that series against Chicago. That was a Chicago. dirty Blues team. That Blues yeah. team was sick. Yeah. You had entering his prime Alex Petrangelo. Kevin Shattenkirk was filthy. David Backus was one of the most one of the more underrated players in the league. TJ Oshie was explosive. You had a lot of really fun players. Tarasenko prime, like or entering his prime rather. Like that trade did absolutely nothing for them. In fact, it might even have made them worse somehow. That's it. That's all I got. But that's my random one. That's my deep cut. I need a deep cut every episode. Okay. Well, do your thing because it's trivia time. All right. Wait, it's you doing trivia for me, is it not? Yeah, I know, but you got to say your piece, man. Oh, yeah, that piece. The one I almost forgot. Damn, it must have been a while since we did the last pod if I almost yeah. forgot. It is me well, giving you trivia, though. I have it ready. It's career, career trajectories. Dude, I'm totally surprised that you didn't uh, take that and run with it and let me get through without saying it and then call no. me. I totally thought you would have done that. No, I'll do that eventually. I know. Yeah. I don't forget stuff very often. All right. Well, it ain't the great Canadian hockey podcast without a couple great games to play. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Let's see it. What do you got for me? Well, yeah, it's three career trajectories. And again, I, I don't like jinxing you because there are times where I'm like, these are easy. And then you get one wrong and it's funny. But I, I, I'm i confident in you in all three of these. Usually uh, the ones I get wrong are the ones that I should get right. Yeah, very often. And it's really funny when I'm dead confident about it. I'm like, oh, that's Antoine Vermette. And it's the, not it, at all. It was the Ryan Carter one for me because yeah. I was we were both so sure of it. And like, I needed to check because I was like, I know this is Steve Bernier, but I didn't check before I wrote the question because that's how confident I was. Mm-hmm. And then your confidence made me like, wait a minute. And <laughs> the funny right. thing is that I had had it. I had that moment pop it in my head like a week before that. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember when Ryan Carter did that. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so career trajectory number one, this player played in the NHL from 2012 to 2018. Edmonton, St. Louis, Colorado. Oh, it's Neil Yakupov. It is, yeah, yeah. boy. I didn't even have to think of the years. I just thought Edmonton, St. Louis, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, traded to St. Louis for Magnus Pyarvi back to the Oilers. Ooh. And then signed with Colorado as a free agent. The exact same season, Colorado signed Val Nchushkin, I believe. I don't think it was Pyarvi because Pyarvi was on that Blues team. Because remember, he scored an overtime goal to, like, win a series for them. So I don't think he was part of that trade. But uh, Pyarvi also flipped. You're wrong. I'm right. For sure? Pyarvi was back for Yakubov? I don't remember that. Because Pyarvi, it was, like, 2016 or 2017. He scored, like, an OT series winner for St. Louis. So that would have been... It was against Minnesota. The article is loading. Okay. (laughs) I'm going no. I'm going Pyarvi. I don't remember him ever returning to Edmonton. Um, I remember him being in Ottawa. The article is loading, and uh, 
and I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was uh, a conditional third round pick and Zach Pochiro. Sure. I would never have been able to pull that out. But... No. No, okay. I, I was so sure Pyarvi went back to the Oilers. Huh. Okay. Next up, 2002 till 2018. Mm. Philadelphia, Chicago, Dallas, Chicago. Philadelphia, Chicago, Dallas, Chicago. 02 to 2018. Retired in Chicago. Philadelphia, Chicago, Dallas. Oh, it's Patrick Sharp. Yeah, the boy. Nice. Patrick I, Sharp was. I, I had gross. to get the the Philly to Chicago thing because yes. I was like, it had. If it's in 2018, it has to be one of those Blackhawks that they brought back, and it just didn't work. Yeah. Because remember that like year or two spam where they're like, let's just bring everyone back. Yeah, like well, I mean, Sod was maybe a little bit different, but they sort of did that with Sod, and they did that with like Lad. Um, and then Andrew Shaw, Shaw and Patrick Sharp, Branson, even I think at one point was a there and back kind of guy. Who, um, Cody was Cody Franzen? No, Cody Franzen was a Nashville guy. I'm wrong, yeah. but he did end up going to Chicago, but it wasn't a return. There's, there's another one that we're not thinking of that they brought back, but yeah, there's another random one. I yeah. can't remember who it is, but yeah, anyway, okay, I'm glad I got that one. That, that okay. one, like. While you were naming the the teams, I was like, oh, no. I don't think I'm going to get this one. (laughs) Okay, lastly, 2005 until 2013 in the NHL. Mm. Chicago, Minnesota, Edmonton, Vancouver. Mm. I'm allowed to get one wrong, right? Yeah, and... I, can, I'm allowed to have a wrong guess. You are, and you can ask me for a hint, and I'll. Is it try. Cam Barker? Yeah, it is Cam Barker. Good job, buddy. Because I I knew he went uh I knew he went Chicago, Minnesota, Edmonton. I did not remember Vancouver. Yeah, he played like 14 games there. Okay, that one was throwing me off for a second. I was like, yeah. Vancouver. I, I, so like I had to have the safety net of knowing I could get it wrong before yeah. I thought further into yeah. it. Damn, I got that one quick. My hint was going to be like he was the third overall pick after one of the mo- after one of the best one-two punches in NHL draft history because it was Ovechkin, yeah. Malkin, and Barker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine if Pittsburgh was like, we need a left-handed defenseman, and they took Barker? No, no. And then I Chicago couldn't. got Malkin. And then it would be Taves, Malkin, Kane in like consecutive drafts or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, it but, wouldn't but, then, but then it would have been they, Malkin. Would they have taken Taves if they had Malkin? There's eternal what yeah. ifs. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. It is 2.42 a.m. Yeah. in Alberta for, for Mr. Aiden Sarah. And uh, this guy needs to get some rest. So without further ado, this was a great episode. We're sorry for the hiatus, but you know, we, we have lives to live and this isn't a full-time job for us. This isn't even, it's barely even a part-time job. It's almost more of a hobby. I would say it is. No, it's not a job, dude. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, it's a hobby. It is. And uh, we honestly, I almost think we probably do this for us more than we do for you. Uh, it's, it's so, so I think leading to more towards the first one though. 
And um, yeah, I, uh, I, th- I thank all uh, dwindling 27 of you for listening. Uh, that doesn't make me want to stop doing it. And uh, we'll try and be a bit more consistent as playoffs go on. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Let's roll that outro. Cheers. Bye.